Yeah. The last interview I did was with Ron Sexsmith, right. a wonderful songwriter, and very like very quiet. So right. And I was expecting to be very quite softly spoken, but he wasn't. He was really loud. He's a loud fellow. He's a loud fellow. Left to his own devices. Yeah. Oh dear. Right now. Hmm. <coughs> Gunman. Yes. Do you want me to shut this? Oh yeah, so you, if you don't mind, put the airflow. Sorry, I just thought maybe. I don't, I don't mind really. It's like it's probably better if you okay. can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you um you're sitting in the dark because you've had your eye? Oh, oh okay. glad it's a long running yeah. story. I've got um the retinas just detach of their own accord. Jeez, that sounds horrible. So the um. The you know, it's only boxes thing. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see. Obviously. <laughs> no, it's it's the jelly in my eyes. The um, aqueous humor is um, is shrinking. It's like an old man's complaint, really. Mm. Except usually you're sold, you never notice it. Yeah. So it tears the retina, right. and the fluid gets out, right. and it starts to wipe it out. So I've got these devices in my eyes. Yeah. Can you see it? Can you see? It? I have one here. Watch this. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I have one down there, but I have a new one. Oh, yeah, 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 just put it in, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. put it in, so I'm all tooled up. Yeah. But I can see, you know, but it's yeah. sort of, it's just, I get sorted and then um, get one of these operations and you're ready to do some work. Mm. And then it's um, an enforced idleness, mm. which is which is great, except the fact that I love to read, you know, so mm -hmm. it's, however, sorry, Mark. No, no. Um, right, the Dumb Man and Other Stories. Mm. I'll start with the title mm -hmm. and other stories. Mm -hmm. Is that a little hint that there's a sort of narrative here and you should listen to, or is it? Just it's a literary conceit, I think. That's a it's, it's it's the fact that they they all tend to be. Um, it's pretty strong on narrative. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I've always liked the idea of being able to jettison that, as you as Brian Eno and David Bowie said you could do way back in 1977, but I could never do it persuasively. Yeah. I always had to know that there was some story there, mm. even if it was um, at a tangent to things. Mm -hmm. And on this, it's, it's pretty, to me, the pretty straightforward, pretty obvious sort of thing. It's weird, it's weird you should say that, because mm -hmm. for year, I mean, I mean is like... Yes. It's fabulous, right? It's ridiculous to say it's your, anything is your favourite album of all time, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's the one that... On, on, the one? In a certain mood, I go, yeah, that's the one. And uh, I'd always thought, and uh, always crashing in the same car, I just think Fantastic. it's an unbelievable song. Yeah. And I'd always thought of it just as a, a, like a metaphor, you know, and like, yes. oh, yeah, that's, yes. my, that's all our lives, that's my life. And I just read... That he's in the basement of his hotel? Yeah. I've just read that, that it, as well. That it, it's I didn't know cut or something. And so, like, it is a narrative. So, yeah, <laughs> I thought it was a metaphor for his life at yeah. the time. Yeah, So there's, oh, yes. Yeah, and, and and the strange thing is, no matter if there, it, it, no matter that you say that there is no narrative, you'll mm. end up constructing something. Even yeah. if it's in like Joe the Lion or whatever, yeah. you start to try and piece together. Oh, that's supposed, supposedly a performance artist, but it's so fractured. But you think, well, it accumulates, doesn't it? The details yeah. accumulate. That's a great, it's a great record. I'm, I'm more, I love it, and you mm. could persuade me at any given time that it's sort of the most interesting mm. rock record. But I'm a big station to station man. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, from station to station through to scary monsters, you can switch mm -hmm. regions very easily. That's an amazing run. Oh, it is, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it is. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a golden period for a really. mm -hmm. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, right, yes. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> Tony Visconti! I knew there was a link. Yeah. I always like a good segue. Well, how did that come about? 
well, two or three reasons. One, for the one we've just stumbled over, which is, you know, that, that shared history of mm -hmm. he likes certain records from the past. And I was a huge Bowie fan when I was in my 20s. Mm -hmm. And um, and before that, Mark Boland fan when I was 12 mm -hmm. or 13. Oh, God, yeah. And um, I also like the idea of being slightly... Um, uh, the notion of something being unfashionable, I hope Tony wouldn't mind me saying that, but um, he's not the man of the moment, if no. you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I also like someone who's got musical intelligence and have been around a while. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that, uh, I always think it must be strange if you are a hip producer, say if someone who's, who's had a, maybe just two or three mm. records and you're starting to get a name, if mm. people come to you, mm. What do you think they want from you? Do, you? do you think you have a sound? Do you think yeah. they want a number one record because your last one was a number one record? Yeah. Do you think... Well, I mean, what do you think? Whereas I think if you've done for a long time, yeah. if the producer's done for a long time, they must at least have a sort of... Um, a, a, a history that allows them to, you know, to not be... Um, to not be seduced by mm. the, the six months or years of fame or whatever. Yeah. So I've loved so many of these records. And um, I thought he might just be interested, that's all. And also the fact that he's an American, you know, and, and there's a sort of sneaky, a sneaky agenda in that if, you know, Young Americans was, was Bowie's sort of plastic soul record. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite as knowing as that, but mm -hmm. this is a sort of, it, it is a fake country element to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it is fake, I don't know what it is. It's the plastic country album. Plastic <laughs> that's a great... <laughs> Well, I'd, I'd, I'd have to, of course, so much country music these days is plastic country music. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. That's a nice idea. I like that. Plastic country. So, um, there were all sorts of little things that made me think you might be... I mean, it's all, it's all hinged, of course, on the fact that he did want to do it. Yeah. But I thought <coughs> the fact that he was sort of... He lived in New York, and it might be nice to do it there with different musicians who would sort of... Who wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't really know what we were about. Mm -hmm. It might just, you know, the uh, the fact that the songs were, were pretty straight, most of them were pretty straightforward structure, other than maybe the gunman, mm -hmm. you know, they're not, they're not tricky little numbers there, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Nothing to scare a dire straits fan, I just thought. <laughs> <laughs> do you like it? I Is do. It, do you like really? I do. You see, I am. I hate to ask people that. Well, you know, I know, and I, it's a difficult one. You never know whether at the beginning of an interview should say that, because mm -hmm. it's just, you know, decent to say, mm -hmm. I like it, or I don't like that, or what have you done this year, yes. so that we know what the agenda of the conversation is, or whether it ruins the whole interview once you go, hey, this is really ah, good. Ah, see, right, right. You know? No. You know, but I think I do like it a lot. I probably like it more than I was expecting to. I'm the kind of person who has to work a bit at some of your music because my, right. natu my, natural my natural inclination is more you kind of your lo-fi oh the demo was better than anything else we did so we just went with that kind mm -hmm. of attitude mm -hmm. so some of your stuff I have to sort of think right okay woo get in the mood I see is it you too know? polished is yeah. that, is it? Yeah. I see right that's interesting I'm not, saying, right? I'm not saying I don't like it I'm saying I have to remind myself that uh -huh, right. that's not what he's trying to do he's trying to do something yes. else so just okay you know open your mind listen to it and but this I didn't have to do that for, at all it's just like, because I mean, the first sort of four tracks are just like, oh, I suppose Cowboy Dreams you already know, so that's a bit of a cheat, but so, I get that. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Thank you. Hello. Hello there. Just here's great, thanks, that's all right. <coughs>
man's got his recording stuff. Oh. Yeah. Bye bye. She always uh, <laughs> she would always say to me, I always preferred your demo, even if we'd finished something. Yeah, yeah. And a part of you is you flattered to hear that because yeah. you think actually you know, that was the, the first shot at him. Mm. The fact that you, you don't know how to play the drums, so you've programmed a drum machine badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes more interesting. But then, you know, the other bit of you that steps in things, if I could just take my notions, but, you know, put them on a sort of wide screen, I like that. Uh, you know, it's mm -hmm. combining two, so it's co combining maybe a more eccentric approach to the writing of the material, but then treating it as if it wasn't an independent record. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know? Yeah. Sorry, yes, the drum yeah. was no, so I, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I, that's where I come from, you know, and mm -hmm. it's just like, well, so if we ignore Cowboy Dreams, because it's like, well, you're, it's a song you already know, so that's kind of mm -hmm. gets to you straight away. But like the next three tracks after that, actually the next four tracks after that, it's just like, it, I don't, um, it's meant to be a compliment, it doesn't sound like an insult, but you get them straight away, and maybe you don't, but maybe in six months' time I'll go, ah, I didn't realise no, that. Yeah. But it's like... It's the most obvious thing we've probably done. Yeah. I don't know, that's a stupid thing, you never know what other people see. No, I think it, it definitely is. And, is I, you know, and that just personally appeals to me. Right. That there's something that I can get hold of immediately. Right. Right. I mean, I think I was coming and listening to it in the car on the way here, again, thinking, shall I say that I think, the, you know, Wild Card in the Pack and I'm a trouble, ma trouble man, uh, like the best things he's done? Or is that really right. stupid because I've only been listening to this for a few days? Well, that's nice. Well, I really, really like that. Thank you very much. And the second half, I'm still gradually getting into. I'm not so sure yet. Sure, right. Yeah. See, I wrote them, a lot of them for other people, not just Cowboy Dreams. And I think there's maybe, when you have to do that, you put another another hat yeah. on, yeah. you know, and you see, so you can't be too cute. Yeah, yeah. Although, you know, my own tastes and music, well, now, especially, they go towards the more complex. Mm -hmm. And I just I like to hear that. I like to hear. I'd like to be able to write complex music, you know, mm -hmm. like yeah. um, uh, serialists or something like that. But I just don't really have it in me. I'm a four bar and an eight bar sort of <laughs> sort of guy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Unfortunately, I love that idea of a little world yeah. that's that's sort of that's a labyrinth that you've got to get into and really work at. Yeah. You know what? Hey. Too simple for the complex stuff and too complex for the simple yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, and I love the simple <laughs> stuff as well. You know, don't, don't, I do like that. I like, yeah. I love that, um, the old story of, of, um, of Bacharach being taught by Darius Milo, is it? I he was yeah. being sat in his composition yeah. class yeah. and everyone was trying to write the, the you know, um, I suppose the, the music of the time, some more mm -hmm. eternal stuff. Mm -hmm. And Bacharach sat there all embarrassed that he's come up yeah. with a tune. Yeah. Apparently that's the story in being told, never be embarrassed if you've written something that people can whistle. And I think, well, yeah, I like that, I do like that as well, but it's just, I go in phases in terms of what I'd like to be able, what I'd like to be able to achieve, really, as a writer. Well, there's a quote that I got from an old interview of yours, and I don't know how old it was, where you said, if I'm supposed to be good, surely I can write something that doesn't need explanation. Yes. And I think that's a very good point. Yes, it is, yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, I like, uh, you know, a lyric that you can, um, that you can jump into and swim around in, but um, I mean these things in general, you know, they're fairly straightforward. Mm. They're fairly straightforward. It took me years to be able to to like that because I I always I always felt when I when I was a kid I used to write songs that everyone had done everything before, which yeah. was of course they had, but yeah. you know, even a C major chord was traumatic to me because I yes. thought, all oh, right, I've, I know lots of songs. It sounds like Bob Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. And so I started to get more and more um, 
you know. I didn't know anything about jazz or classical music, but mm. you start adding the fingers to the to the chords yeah. before you, yeah. you before you know it. You may you may do something that's um, that you've not heard before, but of course all the chords have been have all been shuffled around. So I couldn't I couldn't really approach something simple simple simply because I thought I sounded like other people. That's and now I, I hate that. I, I hate the fact that I was like that because I think I could have if I'd only known what I know now, mm. I would have been writing. I would have I would have relaxed into writing yeah. when I was twenty, mm -hmm. but I didn't. I was too angst is it angst angsty is that the word? I don't know if that's the word for it. Too um, you know I would be sh I'd be shocked that each time I would touch a guitar, I think oh someone else has used D major or yeah, which is yeah. a stupid you know stupid thing to think. That's interesting because on the back I think it's on bringing it back or back home mm -hmm. on the sleeve notes either that or Highway sixty one there's a sleeve note and, and Dylan just says all the great sayings have been said all the great songs have been sung. Of course. But what's he doing? He's doing three chord blues. You know. That's, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. They've all been done, but you've got yeah. to, you have your take on it. Yeah. I think if you relax into that, it's okay. And so all these years, Wendy was telling me that as well. Was she was she, she doesn't not just occasionally. Yeah. She would she would say yeah. that. Yeah. She would say you know even if we if we have a, if we had something out on a record, she would mm. she would say she preferred the demo. Mm. And if she didn't mean it in a kind of you know some people will say that almost as a reflex. Yeah. You know your singing may have been out of tune and because yeah. it was the first time I heard it. Yeah. And I appreciate that, but she would you know even after even if she, even if she got to sing on something and like what she'd done, she would off she would off it's just a kind of thing Wendy would say. Mm. And, and I you know. I tell you, I spend a lot of time thinking: Do I remake things, or do we just mm. do we just put them out? You know. Yeah. I, t I suppose it's it's a it's a it's a. I do like to hear things that I do, that I write. I like to hear them done well. Mm. But it doesn't exclude me from buying every Sun Ra record that was recorded mm. on a on a reel-to-reel -reel recorder yeah. in a basement, and then then think: How did they get that atmosphere when it was yeah. never really worked at, yeah. other than it being a guy with one microphone? Yeah. And a, and, a, and a bunch of guys rehearsing, you know? Yeah, quite possibly one of those. Oh, quite, quite possibly <laughs> the 1950s equivalent of your Tandy PZ mic. You know, the struggle for, for atmosphere is yeah. usually simply a matter of, um, of uh, not being nervous about it sounding too polished. I'm sure that's Mr. Eno's secret. Well, yeah, it's interesting because he said that I did one of my great, jo you know, great joys of this job was being able to talk to him about Lowe mm -hmm. and all that mm -hmm. here as well. And it was just after he'd done Action Baby, and he said the thing about the thing that people miss about Lone Heroes is how fast they were done. We just bashed oh, them out. We really did, this. you know. And he said, and it was like yes. quick. He said it was quick and cheap. And he said, whereas Acton Baby, Acton Baby took two years. And so I said, yeah, and I said so I'm flipping back. Like, we're going to make it sound quick and cheap, no, no matter how long it takes, no matter how much yes. it costs. And he goes, that's exactly but what that's it was. It. No, that's no, it. You can hear it, you know. It took us. It took us a fortune to make it sound cheap. Yeah. Visconti, when when we were doing yeah. when 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 I was talking about some of these things, and he said to me, "Oh, you're so well prepared." Mm. And he said, "You know," he said, "Boy," he said, he'd work, "He said he'd have to feel under pressure to do it." Yeah. He said he'd be there, and he'd be and the musicians would be there, and he'd be struggling. And, you know, maybe have yeah. two or three things written, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. He'd, he'd do it. And um, then when things got you know further into the project with uh, with Mr. Visconti and. Um, I was wanting more and more things that I'd done at home in my demo. You know, I wanted I wanted yeah. them done in a more polished fashion. And his analogy, his, his analogy was, it's, it's, it's more like you're doing an Elton John record. And I think, well, what do you mean? Yeah. What he meant was the whole structured thing of layer upon layer and layer, and then the week later you do this and you do that. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me. He says, you know, those Bowie records, they were all, 
you know, Bowie would have something booked for. He'd be going to the theatre at six o'clock, yeah. and he'd sing two tracks in an afternoon or three, yeah. and then he'd want to go. I mean, we all know those those sort of stories yeah, from the yeah. from that way of working. And I thought, well, it worked. I, I I could get into that way of working mm. if you went in with the intention of of. Um, Starting in the morning and mm. coming up with a completely new idea. Yeah. You know, I can understand that. Yes. But once you've got you've got your idealized shape of a song yeah. and then you want it to sound um, working towards something that you yeah, yeah. You can't you can't then abandon it. Yeah. And I mean I don't even he didn't say it so much as in frustration as that there's such a huge difference in a working method mm. and maybe to no great Avail in the end if you make a, if you make a great work that yeah, you know yeah. that takes three hours to do. Yeah. I mean, I kind of I appreciate that as well. I can see that it must be wonderful to be able to to throw yourself um, at the mercy of your inspiration on the day. You know, you walk in in the morning and well, you, you obviously have the talent to do that, but you don't necessarily have. I do it at home. The inclination to do that. The, yeah. Mm. Well, I, I, the feeling I think that that's kind of the feeling that that's the way to go. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, my, my, my actual, I, I, you know, I think that the things that we end up doing are um, there are out of a number of options of things you could do. I think it'll be more relaxed. Is that you? Sorry. That's all right. You're okay. It's okay. It's okay. Get it. It's one of those things where you can't. You to turn it off, you have to open it, which means that you're playing for. You're okay, get it. I don't, I don't mind at all. Hello? Hi, I'm in a meeting now. Can I call you back? Alright, um, Oh, actually, no, I can give you an answer. The answer is, I don't know. Why don't you call Matty or Sean? Who will, who will be able to tell you what's still coming, yeah? Yeah? Brilliant. Okay, bye. Yeah. Thanks very much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll move thing? that thing aside, should I perhaps? Okay. So you can, um, yeah. See you out in the waterfront here. So have there been any pre-cuts for our tracks that just were like that? Well, you did go, you know what? The first take was best, let's just do that. Oh yeah, I mean, sorry, yes, where you'd go in and things would be, um, what you did the first time would, would pretty much stand. Yeah, but the trouble is there's, there's so many layers on the records that mm -hmm. there's no entire record made yeah. like that. But in the early days when we couldn't afford anything, yeah. I mean, we made record in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Our very first LP was made in two to three weeks, I think. Just, you know, that usual band yeah. with no money syndrome. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's bad. I just think... Excuse me, it just depends what you want it to sound like. Mm. You know, if you've got if you've got high ambitions for um, glossy sounding records, and I sometimes vacillate, you know, between not even wanting to do that, but to do something, to do something, um, to do something that would w work in a low key way. But I, I never feel like the songs that I write would benefit too much from that. And because I don't have a great deal of confidence in my singing voice. I, I sort of immediately reject mm -hmm. the sort of the live option. You yeah. know where people say, well, yeah. we'll just go and do this at a club somewhere yeah. Yeah. and take the best of three nights or something. Yeah, yeah. I kind of think, look, you know, it's... <laughs> no chance. There's no chance, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to hear it like that. I want to hear it work that, unfortunately, mm. you know, it's not my strong point. Oh, that's not how I see it anyway. I don't, mm. I don't feel it be strong in that department. Is that also one of the reasons that you, that you 
but the things are so layered. Is it to do with the voice? Is that a lack of confidence in the voice? That you think you could, if you just did it with a guitar and the voice, you'd think. Uh, no, no, no. It's not no? that. No, I think it's that I've got. Um, uh, it's that I hear it. I hear it as always more than the instrument on which it was first written. That's all that is. It's not. Yeah. It's not. That's not really a lack of confidence. I realise in the yeah. studio you can. Um, yeah. You know, you can cheat a little bit, and um, you know. I've never been. Um, I've never ever used anything to hide behind in the studio. That's it's just it is a different. It's just a different. Uh, there's a different reason for that. Maybe it's a test for the lush. So you're you're one of these people who hears an arrangement. No. No? No. Yeah. But I hear I tend to hear them as skeletons, if you know what I mean. I hear them. Right. The thing that I've written is just a skeleton. Mm -hmm. Um, and then um, uh, it was it was it was probably Thomas Dolby when when I watched him and I realised how he broke down the chords into parts that moved uh, you know independently mm -hmm. and uh, which I still I still can't um, I still can't arrange as well as he does but I sort of suddenly thought okay what he's doing here is you know giving a signing of um, notes to different voices the low voices and oh, middle voices and I would think okay it's a sort of orchestral in a way even though you're not right. using an orchestra. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was around about 1985, 86. I saw him do that and got a computer that year and did everything, I started to do everything on a computer and, and you know, and try to teach myself about arranging. I wish I could do that thing of um, the head business, that's stunning, that. Mm. Can you do that? Do you do that? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a backerack thing or something, you know, you just. It's not like Brian Wilson, you know? Yeah, he's been the ultimate at that. You know, you do. Oops. Uh -huh. <coughs> it's about the Beach Boys saying, you know, you know, he'd know everybody's part and he'd just sing you your part and you'd be like trying to remember your part. Think, but how do you remember that? And he'd, remember he'd that. know them all. You know? Got, that's right, he's mm. got them all. Mm. And then the bits that you would, you would be choosing for two or three of them to do would, might sound kind of weird by themselves. Mm. You don't know what's going to be with it. That's that is most, something. Like. The most amazing thing is hearing that, unfortunately, they're releasing a lot of them now. A lot of Beach Boys um, demos and rehearsals and. Mm -hmm. And they did the whole pet sounds thing where you have the whole thing with just the voices. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. And you can actually hear, and you do, something's come out of you, and you think, that is so strange. So strange, yes. And when you hear the whole record, and you, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Oh, God. So, Tony Visconti, and you've also got <laughs> Carlos Alomar on there, haven't you? Yes. I don't think I've ever, um, I'm sure he must have done loads of stuff, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen him working with anyone apart from Bowie. No, he, um, I mean, that was, you know... Is that because he's in Tony's contact book, or did you say, oh, we'll get that? I, I tried to play, I tried to be cool about all of that, you know, I didn't want him to make him think I just wanted these Bowie stories. Oh, hell, of course I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, um, he said, he did say to me, well, you know, I, I know some people, and, you know, he said, he mentioned Carlos and I thought, oh, yes, please. He had tons of ideas, mm -hmm. tons of ideas, and on the streets of Laredo, mm -hmm. he came in and almost like, <laughs> so there was a great moment where he, he played something before, I was going to say the tape was rolling because it was hard disc, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. um, so he didn't even know what the, what, where the, 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 um, the counting was, mm -hmm. and it just sort of happened to land as the, the lead-in to, mm -hmm. to the track, which is still there, yeah. and he built a couple of things on top of that, but I said to him, I said, do you ever have bad days, you know, where you, the ideas mm -hmm. stop, and mm -hmm. he said, Really, it's just just like that. Wow. Very fast as well. Mm -hmm. Very fast. Very 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 uh, hip. 
because I said to him about the streets of Laredo, I said, look, I said, you know, I said, no, it's not a hip hop track. I said, but I like the idea of taking an old traditional song, mm -hmm. uh, which I only half knew anyway. I said, yeah. I've built things around it. And I said, but kind of made it, make it into something more um, contemporary, um, even though it's not true hip hop, and I realized that. Mm -hmm. But I kind of like the analogy of the sort of, you know, the. Uh, the, the sort of the an update of the of the outlaw figure. Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, these, these these black kids with uh, with their with their guns. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he said, First love hip hop was it no two pieces of music in the same key? Which I thought was just so cool because of course I was writing this thing and it, it follows it's in G and then yeah. it goes this way. But he st he stopped playing things across it and I thought, yeah, he's a he's a hip dude. Mm. So you've never met Visconti? No, I'm sure he'd love to be interviewed. I've um, phoned, I've spoken to him on the phone, I've done a phone interview with him about... I can't remember what it was about now. But I do remember mm -hmm. ringing his house mm -hmm. and um, getting a woman on the phone. Yes. Obviously an oriental woman. And then he sort of took the phone from her and said, thanks, mate. And I just thought, oh, I've just been speaking to John Lennon's yes, last mate. weekend. You know. Oh, yes, mate. <laughs> yes. I just thought, I, at that point, it was interesting. Because, because it's her life, she hates the lost weekend whole thing being described as that, which you can well, understand. Course, it's well, kind of, of so insulting. But yes, the lost weekend. I, I mean, I just thought, thank God I didn't think while I was talking to her who she was, because no, I just yes. said something... Stupid, no. you know. No, like that. She loves talking about it all. And uh, it was so weird because I was quite intimidated about talking to him, but I suddenly realised that I was more struck by speaking to her, even yeah. though I don't know anything she's you know, she's ever, you know, anything about her at all. You know? Yes. Yeah, she's been, you know, with John Lennon, and that was suddenly, ooh. It's the aura of the Beatles. It is the aura of the Beatles, which is incredibly strong. The only time I've ever really thought. Oh, I, I can't actually talk to this person. It was George Harrison, you know? Mm -hmm. even, mm -hmm. It wasn't even John Lennon or Paul McCartney. It was just like, you know, it was George, only George was Harrison. George, but but yes. I just thought, well, he's, oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So was you recorded it in New York, did you? You went out oh. there and mm -hmm. the basement of his house. Oh really? Yeah, he's a little studio. And. Um, I realised how good he was when I saw what he could get out of a small room, things like drums. There's this tiny cupboard mm. and set the drums up in there. He had a funny trick which I'd never seen before. He got a metal back chair against the wall mm -hmm. with a microphone, I think, either on the wall or on the back of the, the metal chair. And it was, he was picking up something, but you couldn't really call it slapback, mm. but it was something that he liked, you mm. know, it was, sort of, it was just a little trick that he had. Yeah. So we just in, that, in the house and... Uh, Kind of low key, and there's a few people on it, but not a, not a lot, not, not a cast of thousands. Mm -hmm. We've got Eric, Eric Weis, Weisberg, mm -hmm. or Weisberg as well. That's a kind of a strange one. Yeah, do you, you, you know him? You know what he does? What? Julian banjos and all that. Mm. That's his favorite. I think he's Art Garfunkel's permanent guitar banjo master. Well, Julian banjos, and also he was on Blood on the Tracks. Is that right? Probably so. right. You know, he, I think he lives in Woodstock because he was a couple of hours driving. He's got away. a band, or he had a band called Eric Weisberg's Deliverance, and they are on Blood on the Tracks. Now, depending on who you speak to, yes, yes, they're either on the whole thing, oh, right, 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 or they're only on one track, and then they're on the ones that he didn't like, and then he went and did them all again. 
quite a bizarre story because the one thing everyone knows about Bob Dylan is he, he, he never does anything again. He never even does two takes of a song, no. let alone two, you know, no. let's start the whole album again. But there is the, the story that he didn't like the originals and went and did them again, and I don't know which one was Eric Buzzfeld, but he's certainly credited. Well, he was... He, he, we had this guitarist called Jeff Piva who plays with mm-hmm. David Crosby, mm-hmm. and he was one of Tony's sort of contacts. And he said, this guy is fantastic. He said, he's very... He sort of he's very precise and lots of ideas and we said, we mentioned banjos to him because I had the, de- the demo of Cowboy Dream I sort of programmed a banjo in all saddest of things the programmed banjo <laughs> I worked real hard at it you know <laughs> but um, uh, he um, he said when we we said to Jeff you know any ideas it's not we're not in Nashville mm-hmm. you know banjo and he, he just said the man is here he lives in Woodstock he's two hours away mm-hmm. and he came down and it was um. I think it was actually at Halloween. He came out for a couple of hours and he had to go back home because he was hollowing out pumpkins for the kids. <laughs> so he sort of just breezed in. Mm-hmm. And I said, to, I said, to Jeff, I didn't like to ask uh, Eric about what he did. I thought it just felt a bit like train spotted. Yeah. I said, so I asked Jeff instead. I said, what, what else has he done? Mm-hmm. And he just said he's just done everything. Mm-hmm. It's almost, it is almost a folly to ask him because mm-hmm. the list <laughs> is just. <laughs> It was just too good, so I thought, yeah, I shall just, I won't show my, you know, foolishness, but I said, so, you know, very nice, though, very nice with that. But I bet everyone just goes, ooh, Julie Banjo's doing it, and they do, they do, yeah, mm. yeah, that's right, Julie, yeah, yeah, yeah Banjo's. It must be his, uh, his, uh, his jumping frog. It must be his, <laughs> that's, that's, that's right, that, that's it, your jumping frog, that's right. Uh, only met only met McCartney the once. You're talking about being intimidated. Hell yeah. And I was so f- and I was I, w- I had to say to him, look, I've got to, I saw him. I said, I've got to say hello to you. Or I won't, won't be able to eat my lunch because yeah. you know one of these buddy ho- buddy Holly dudes. Yeah. And I was just so nervous. And then he mentioned the jumping frog. He said, he s- I said to him, you know, it's not typical in that nervous way that you yeah, would yeah, the yeah, god. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. Honestly, I do other things. I do other things. <laughs> I do other things. <laughs> 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 I can do sentences. I can ask. <laughs> That's right. And he said, I said, it's not really representative of what I, you know, most mm-hmm. things I do. It's, and he went, That's your miding lane. <laughs> Which is a fabulous sentence. That's your miding lane. He's right. It's your miding lane. So I thought, Aha, oh, not only a genius with it, but, but an epigrammatic wizard as well. That's yeah. your miding lane. No, I um, suppose you were yellow submarines, eh? But it's, yes, it's also, yes, that's mm. my yellow cat, that's my yellow submarine. Mm. <laughs> You've got to have, you know, the palette of a songwriter that's just entirely melancholy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not a good thing either. No. Right? Absolutely. No, it's not good. No. And I realised that too many of my things didn't actually move. I mean, I didn't uh, just didn't get break into a trot. Mm. And kind of, they just lay there with the nice, pretty chords and what have you. So anytime now I write anything that actually has a bit of motion in it, mm. or a bit of get up and go, I'm into that. Mm. And also, I also think you know, just sort of the, the lyrics that are um, that are all, that always seem to be uh, soul searching or. Um, Talking about something um, in a straight-faced way mm. is, uh, you know, lighten up a bit. Well, lyrics, lyrics that apparently don't mean very much, are of course, at the heart of this music. You know, at yes. the heart of all, you know, yes. you know, some of the great moments. We don't they mean are. anything. Uh. They are. Mm. <laughs>
So how long, because I think after the, the kind of the gap for Andromeda Heights, you're going yes. to be lumbered forever with being someone who takes a long time to make an album. Yes. And actually, true. I was going to say, there's not such a big gap this time, and there's been, you know, mm. things going on in the, in the middle of the compilation. And, well, yeah, but it's still sad in terms of, you know, let's, let's, be, let's be brutal about mm. this. The four-year gap or a five-year gap, mm. it's more, I think, it's more the norm now. Yeah, for whatever reason, I mean, it's, it's embarrassing. It is, it is isn't it? Come on, you know, 1963 to 1970, you would have seen, would have encapsulated all that was worthwhile about Lennon and McCartney. We managed to get from Jordan to Andromeda Heights, and you know, there are various reasons for it, but none of them are particularly compelling. That, I mean, that is a terrifying thought. I mean, it's not just it's about, it's about any band at all, isn't it? Days. It when is. When you do, you think, well, they made two fantastic albums every year. Mm-hmm. You know, even towards the end, they were mm-hmm. still kind of averaging nearly two albums a year. Of course, yeah. And you're like, plus the singles, which were two, they didn't even bother to put on the album. No. You know. Yeah, but you can make yourself ill trying to yeah. trying to fathom out the the, yeah. the, the, the genius at work there. But on the other hand, Herman's Herbert's probably made two They're albums probably, a year as well. The, the industry that's rhythm. Yeah. That's what I, that's yeah. all I'm getting. Mm. It's an industry rhythm, and you say, okay, well, in four or five years, that's not an industry rhythm. But I bet you two to three years, and then once you start to stretch it for whatever reason yeah. or a best of. Yeah. I mean, if the Beatles were recording now, first of all, they wouldn't be allowed to. The idea of no, that you wouldn't be allowed to release it. Well, they wouldn't be allowed to release Penny, Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields and not put them on the album. Whereas in those days, they had to take them off the album. You know, so that that would that you'd never have had that kind of cornucopia. That, that was a decision made for commercial reasons. The, the, the sort of the inverse or the obverse mm. of the commercial reason, which is yeah. the kids won't buy it because that means they've already they've already yeah. owned it. Mm. They would think we're being conned. Yeah, and sorry, carry on. Now it's the opposite. Now it's the opposite. opposite. Yeah. But, you know, they would not have been able to make those well, albums. They would have been told, you know, that people are still buying Sgt. Pepper. You can't make a white album. And also, we no, don't double. That, that yeah. is right. Yeah. That's, r- that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you tend to fall into that. And if your own natural tendency is to prefer to write than to record, mm. then you stretch it out as long as possible. Which is what, which is my natural, my natural tendency is if you said to me, look, you don't have to make records. You can just go and write. Yes. I would do that. Yes. You know. Yes. Because the process is always the interesting. It's the fun bit. Yes. Yeah. It's the fun, and the rest yes. is it falls short of any hopes that you had for your material. Absolutely. Well, you absolutely. Know. The best. I mean, you know, my job. Everything apart from writing the article is really interesting. Mm-hmm. The minute you have to sit down <laughs> and write it, mm-hmm. because you've already you. Yes. Mean, you haven't got the whole thing in your head, but you've got the good bits in right, your head, yes. and you've, as far as you've done it, really. Yes, the last course. thing you want to do is put it on paper and realise it's not quite it's as good as it was going to be. No. Yeah. I know, I know, that's true of so many things. All of which was leading up to a question of how long did you actually this record actually take to record? Um, end of September to um, end of November, September. October, no, two months. Two months. Two months, and then you know we had weekends off and things. I'm trying to make. I'm trying to desperately find a way of um, of shortening this so it sounds like we did it in the time it took the beat to do. Please, please me, but there's there's simply there's simply no way I can make it work. Yeah, you know, when we knock out lunch, but we drove for a sandwich every day, and then he'd tell me stories about his glory days and things like that. There were days when, um, you know, I first got there, I hope you wouldn't mind me saying this, was complete, he'd upgraded his computer to this point where it didn't work, mm-hmm. right, version 3 point whatever yeah, it is, yeah. it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. And to hide his embarrassment, Tony would dig out T-Rex masters, mm-hmm. and he'd put up Get It On across the board, and yeah. I think he was just so so relieved I was a T-Rex fan, because he might, yeah. have been, might have been a bit stuck otherwise, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, we did it pretty, it was, you know, I said pretty quick, 
mean, it, it actually it was was pretty quick. Yeah. You know, I was in America for two months. I came home and and, um, and he mixed it himself. I didn't go back. Yeah. I just got sick of being out there. And thought I would bow for once to the idea that someone just might have a better idea of about the way things should work than yourself. <laughs> a really hard thing to do, but just like, oh, he's done this a hundred times before, a thousand yeah. times before. Let him do it. Hmm. Actually, I said, I started with Tony Visconti, and really there's a question before mm-hmm. why Tony Visconti, which is because mm-hmm. the previous album you produced I did yourself? myself, yeah. yeah, with Callum. So did you go, I must get someone else to do this, I don't want to do that again, I would or did you suddenly go, Tony Visconti, if I could get Tony Visconti? It's, it's you know, it's hmm. a it depends on what the project is. It depends on the bunch of material I've got. Right. Sometimes I will think. Um, well, most times I would rather work with someone else. Yeah. For diplomatic reasons, you know, for for um, just the thing of you, of you not knowing everything mm. and having someone else who can put you right about things. Um, but on this this one, it was a funny bunch of material because it wasn't. It was. I didn't set, sit down to sort of make this record. I didn't sit down and think, okay, we must make The Gunman and other stories. Yeah. I had written songs for other people, mm-hmm. and um, all the time my sort of backup position is if someone doesn't like what I write them, mm. it had better be doable by me. Mm. You know, and it, you know, and, and it mm. also that you know that means that you're not patronising when you write a song, as in it'll do for someone else. But I couldn't see myself doing it. I was, you know, somebody really taught them they actually think, well, they, these must be sort of. Um, not with this bunch, but if you write for someone else, maybe you're giving it away and therefore yeah. it's B-list material or, or something, you know? And I've always hated the idea, that's a bloody awful idea, you know? I just mm. think, how could you do that, really? I'd much rather someone thought you gave your best stuff away, mm. you know, that you gave us a, a, a surefire, you know, a certified, obvious song away. So anyway, um, so this sort of, this this LP accrued in my attempts to do things for other people, like I wrote, um, Wildcard I wrote for Kenny Rogers but didn't send it to him. Whereas sure the gunman I sent mm-hmm. her it and she mm-hmm. did that mm-hmm. and, uh, and and Jimmy nailed a few of the other things. But I sort of it, it sort of it was written largely as a you know, eighty percent of it at least, as um as a way of, of kind of just a an attempt to do things for other people. Wildcard in the past? Sorry, did you say Kenny yes, Rogers? Yes, but Kenny Rogers, you know, well, like... you must write more for him. Right. And, and not send him. You like that? I love that <laughs> song. Yeah. Well, that's sort of gambling that story in the yeah, atmosphere of it. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, I, I know that Jimmy did Cowboy Dreams. I don't yes, know he did. which... which he did, um... Love Will Find Someone For You. He did Blue Roses. He also did, okay. um... Uh, I'm a Troubled Man as well. So it's not written for dramatic things that mm-hmm. he'd come up with, so there weren't even... You know, I think like Tony Visconti thought I was going to be this seven times married alcoholic wreck. He, was a bit dis- <laughs> he did. He did. It was, that was almost his first question was, you know, had I been married before? And I was going, to no. And, mm. and uh, he says, oh, he just he kind of shook his head wistfully when he, he thought, oh, you know, some of these songs they were speaking to me. And <laughs> I felt I'd conned him in some that way. That made it all that night. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Don't say it. I made it all up. That's right. <laughs> it's what I do. It's what what I do. You're, you're <laughs> That's right. <laughs> sort of the Alistair McGowan. <laughs> the terrible emotional states. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alistair McGowan. God, he's Richard Mathers, good thing. There you go. That's what ITV should do. It shooks his shoulders. Now, like now Richard Mathers has gone to Channel 4. 
That's what ITV should do. <laughs> Put them on in the morning. Get Alistair McGann and all. That'd be fantastic. Well, just it's the first week anyway, and they're right, jokes over, but that would be so it's, good. He's fabulous, isn't he? On that, that is fantastic. That is just he's inside him. He's, he's, he's kind of he's like alien. alien. He's gone he's inside. Got it, he's got that's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the the woman that does Judy, that's not one of her best, but they do get the relationship right, which is you know it's just that's basically contempt for her yes. on, on the telly. See, I don't, you know, I've not even seen that many things that he's done, Alistair McGowan. Mm. But when I've seen him, I've always thought he's such an eccentric-looking man. Mm. He kind of dominates the character he's supposed to be, except mm. in the, ex- the, mm. the, the the medley character. Just stunning. Have you ever heard Dead Ringers on Radio 4? No, what is oh, that? That's the funniest thing. It's, it, it kind of depends on you listening to Radio 4 a bit. I don't uh-huh. know it's, it's one of those 6.30 comedies. Right, right. And I think it's on at the moment. It's on Friday at 6.30. I'm not sure if it's on the moment or not. They tend to do like six weeks and then go off and then come back. Yes. And it is it is a show of impressionists, which is, of course, could be diabolically mm-hmm, awful. Mm-hmm. But it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It's so well written. They have, I don't know who, he's one of them. I don't know who does who. But they will have, they have Dr. Tom, they do someone doing Tom Baker, just ringing people up, prank calls as the doctor. And there was this great, great one when he rang up at a, a B&Q. And he said, tell me, uh, this is the doctor here, do you stock dustbins? And I said, yes, we do. He said, do you stock sink plungers? And he goes, <laughs> he's drawing the dollar. And he did all these things with a dollar. And then he goes, that well, is then you must flee because you're in great danger. Because <laughs> 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 Davros is coming <laughs> to replenish his... <laughs> oh, God. And, they had, uh, and there was another one, Dale Winton ringing up the US Marines to see if he could, <laughs> see if he could enrol the US Marines. And, uh, and, uh, and a long-running thing with Brian Perkins, someone does an impersonation of Brian. He's a Radio 4 announcer. The minute right. you heard the voice, he does right, the news. Right, he does right, the news. Okay, He's right, a very right. straight Radio right, 4 announcer. Right, yes, yes. And they have this whole thing where he comes on like a kind of hip-hop. Like, right, and he's right, like, right. you know, he is, in, you know, he's the player, and everyone else in Radio Four is, you know, he's in charge of everyone, you know. Anything goes wrong, he sorts it out. And it's quite brilliant, actually. Was like William Hay ringing up, um, ringing up the White House to see if he could help at all? Because <laughs> oh George Bush was quite new, but he was. Oh, no, no. I tend to scan through the uh, radio pages just to see if they've got any, any. Um, Documentaries on composers that I like. Mm. That tends to be my uh, my thing. Well, I don't know how many series of this I missed before I stumbled across it. Yes, oh, yeah, so yeah. That's the trouble with radios, you never really get into that. Oh, right, so that's interesting because mm-hmm. what you were saying about, you know, has some songs for other people, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. it's an album. Mm-hmm. Because in the kind of before the last album, uh, there was a sort of, oh, well, I've been working on all these different uh, yeah. albums in parallel. Yeah. Yes. Quite, I don't want to say concept album, but, yes. but you know, albums are a theme, word. you know. Yes. Like that. And I was wondering if this was one of those, because it's kind of got a theme, but it obviously it wasn't it, one but of But those. loosely, when I realised that Jimmy Nail was doing things that had to be kind of countryish or what mm. have you, um, that was the start of it. And mm. I thought, yeah, I have, actually have a few more. I'm, I'm sort of loath to do Sun of. Mm. You know, son of whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, of course, it could go straight to video, in which case, no one will watch son of. But um, <laughs> you know how it works. Yeah. Um, but a bit of me, you know, I kind of 
a few things that are missing that were lighter in, in touch as well. Mm -hmm. that I, I kind of wish I'd presented to Visconti because I suppose you'd kind of run out. Yeah. You know, you run out of time doing the whole thing. Yeah. Even yeah. though some people do desire a full 50 minute album or 60 minute drive kind of thing. No, you know, too long. No, it's too, too long. long. Um, no, I still do that, you know, it's all, I, I've tried to still, I just, I've made a decision I would not even talk about the things that I've actually been working on. Yeah. Because... It's a hostage to fortune, really. It's a hostage to... How's that album about the earth going on, oh, you know? Yeah, I know, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And I, you see, I love it. Mm. And I just haven't recorded it. Mm. I love it. Which is <laughs> awful, because you've got this, this, this sort of secret store of enthusiasm yeah. that you want to say to people, honestly, I know you're picturing terrible, terrible weird scenes in the archives of Emerson, Lake and Palmer, <laughs> right? It's not, honestly, <laughs> trust me, it's not like that. It's not like that at all, but secretly I love it, but I'm smart enough to know that no one's going to give me the money to record it all, yeah. so I'm going to have to find another way to do it. And so I keep, you know, I keep but putting it give you the money because it's like a huge uh, triple album or because no, it's because I just be so complex? It's not even that, it's just that if the de if 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 the delight that I get from it mm. lies in the relationship between two or three of the songs um, reflecting on each other, right. so if you have a song about Adam and Eve, so you have a song about the first man, and then you have a song about Neil Armstrong walking on the moon, right. uh, you've actually got to get from the first song to say the ninth or tenth song, to yeah. see that connection. Right. When you're making a record or looking for major record company hmm. <laughs> approval, okay. you know, you want the first two or three songs to be singles or, what, or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. This yeah. Whereas this, it's sort of, it's, its power lies in, it's, a, yes. it's like a book, you've got to yeah. read the full thing, it's no use just the first three pages. Yeah. And I kind of, I've just toned down my, I've toned down my ambitions, I've still got so them. Basically a &R people would be out the door before you got halfway through well, describing it. Yeah. So you'd have to, yeah. you either have to make it yourself yeah. or... Yeah. I, I the other thing was that it would take well, so long to... You've got your own studio, haven't you? Yes I have, but you kind of, you need, you need... You need to pay. I mean, this is silly. You're right. I have my own studio, and I could do it. But this is one of the other problems that it takes me so long to demo things. And I demo them in great detail, yeah. and then I recreate them again. Mm. So it's like I'd be in there, and I'd be making this record, and then I get to the end of it, and I decide, well, that trumpet is is a toy out of a core box. Yeah, yeah. Let's get a real fella. And before you know it, the year you spent on it is turned into two, three. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all. I'm, you know. But yes, I do all those other things. I do mm. do them. I was going to shut up about them. But I do them because I, I don't. I, mm. I don't want. I don't want people to think I don't do anything. I kind of must be like yeah. a work ethic. I actually work real yeah. hard when I when I can. Yeah, I do and love it. Mm. And that, that's not that I can afford just to do it once in a while. Either. You know, it's kind of. No. But the, the last two albums that have actually come out have been. I mean, this one and the last one. I mean, yes, there is a theme, the heights but they've been. Oh, starting. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying they're not. There's not. Yes. Some, but they have been more. I've got ten songs now, and here's an al album. Yes. Rather than I had a grand scheme from the beginning, and haven't they? It's yes. These are the ones that come out. Those yeah. are the ones that come out. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the Andromeda Heights stuff. A lot of them used an image of the stars. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other, the, 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 you see a theme, it doesn't necessarily have to be um, t 
to lie in the lyric, the theme. Mm. Sometimes it can be like the theme of Andromeda Heights was make a record that's not a rock record, but still would would um, would fall into the bracket of pop music because it has precious little energy on it. Yet it's, yeah. it is a concept. Mm. Um, um, and similarly, this stuff here, yeah, you, you can see it. it. Kind of suggests a narrative in the way that in a way that Sergeant Pepper does, but doesn't really have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. And the, and the only real purpose of the of the attraction for the theme side of things, I think, is. Um, is you've got unity between things, whereas I think one of our LPs that sold the most was Langley Park and I was Cars and Girls on it, yeah. and it had um, King of Rock and Roll, the, mm-hmm. hot, dog, the hot Dog song. Mm-hmm. Um, and originally on that, I wanted a different producer for every track. Mm-hmm. And that really, you know, young and foolish, what have you, you'd, yeah. you'd, you'd never get past the sort of um, getting to know you and being frank stage, you know, yeah. it was yeah. a, a stupid idea. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of, as an LP, it kind of, when I listen to it now, if I were to listen to it, I would hear individual things that sound like they're from all over the place. Yeah. Period or four week period, whatever, they, however long it took them to do it in the, the chateau or wherever. It's, it's got, I mean, it's connected by his state of mind, clearly. Yes. And of course it's connected by his voice, which is something that draws any album together if you've yes. got one singer. There's the, yes. the unity of the listener, whatever else is going on, you know. Um, That's true, yeah. I mean, you can think that you've got this incre- incredible patchwork of different musical input, but you know, 90% of what they're listening right. is to the singer. You're you know, dead so right. There's always that. Um, and uh, that it's You're just right. amazing. And also, on the low, and the thing, and that whole thing is an amazing rhythm section. Mm-hmm. Underneath all the amazing new studio sounds and Brian Eno or whatever, mm-hmm. this is phenomenal, a band. phenomenal band. Yeah. 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 Dennis, Dennis, Dennis. Again, again, I don't know what else they've done after they... No, I know, I know. You know. No, I do. So anyway, next time you work with Tony Scott, Dennis and George. <laughs> you want to, um, you should talk to... Ricky Gardner, who I believe is farming an island or something. Now, no one knows where he is. He's... I didn't, I didn't know his name before, or... Hmm. What had he been? Um, who had no he played idea. with? No idea. I think... Is he the guitarist or the, or the, or the, or the roly piano the, man? That he's the of, guitarist. Who's the guy that they got in to do the, um, it's, it's the rock and roll piano on it? Visconti mentioned him. They got some guy in. Be my wife. I think they've got somebody in. They've got an odd one in. I'm sure I don't. I'm a bit wrong. Now, Ricky Gardner, I do, I have at some point read where he came from. It was like, because the because Bowie wanted the guitarist from um, one of the German bands. Oh, yeah. And couldn't get him. Yes. And uh, I think it must have been Visconti knew him or something. Right. Because he got a the guitarist. And because, of course, the other thing he did was he wrote The Passenger. He wrote that riff for The Passenger. Oh, right. So or maybe that maybe. Been, I don't know which was first. Maybe right. they'd been maybe working in the or something. It might have been. I can't remember which order those albums were all done in. Um, but then it disappeared after two albums with Bird. I don't know what he ever did. But I smashed you the royalties from The Passenger. He's probably doing very well. Yeah, he's probably doing very well. It's been on a, a lot of ads and videos over the years. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that was... That was that. So what else do you like? What, what, what is your, what's your kind of passion? Tell me right. what your well, passion I, is. I think I grew up with David Bowie. I grew up with, I mean, and, and Mark Bonham. I mean, right. actually, Tony Visconti, bizarrely. Yes. But it was like, I think when I was getting into music, it would be the beginning of the 70s. Mm-hmm. And in a sort of pop way, mm-hmm. before I could 
before I could sit there and go, wow, they've got cellos on that. Yes. It was Mark Bowman and T-Rex yes. like that. And then it was the, the, the first album that I just sort of completely took, took me over with Ziggy Stardust, you know, mm -hmm. and I just sat there studying the lyrics thinking, my God, this man's a genius or whatever, mm -hmm. like that. And I worked out, I worked back from there. Mm -hmm. So like everyone else, like they, you then bought all the previous right. albums. Because he had like five albums in the top 20 or something yes. at one time, and everyone yes. went rushed out and bought Hunky Dorian. Yes. And then you'd go, oh. Hunky Dorian. And you'd go, what's some VU white light? What's that? And someone said, it's Velvet Underground. That's and you'd go, and you'd go that's right, exactly the same. You know, yeah. and there'd be, there'd be some really cheap, best of Velvet Underground, which is all probably all that was available then, because they had this quite I real. I know the one you're talking about, it was. Um, Looked like it was on flock wallpaper you get in Woolworths. Yeah, yeah. Another one. That's yeah, the one I yeah, bought. Yeah, that's what everyone bought. Because that's best of the velvet. You couldn't, you couldn't get anything. Else you couldn't. That's you right. Could, you know. And that's then, right. So you'd buy that, and then you'd see. Um, you know, and they'd probably song for Bob Dylan. So which is Bob Dylan? Yes. Well, my sister, my older sister like, was in that. So you'd get a Bob Dylan right. album, and 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 then he'd be talking about Iggy Pop, and you'd go, "Who's Iggy Pop?" And you'd get an Iggy Pop out, and and you it fans out, doesn't it? It fans out from there. It really yeah. does. You know, and then. So you you then end up getting your reasons, and then what you said about you know writing for other people, you, I can remember sitting at home agonising over how he could have given away a song like All the Young Jews, you know, right, yes, what a yes. single to then give away to someone else, and you know worrying for him, you know, did he have enough <laughs> songs? <for him? laughs> you know, would, he, would he be alright? You know. Yeah, Fans do that though, they're yeah. not worried about on your yeah. behalf. Yeah, I, do, I can that remember. That is just great. I mean, it's embarrassing, but I can no, remember that's, that's thinking, I hope he's got enough singles left for the next album. That's right. You know, because it was obviously such an amazing song. Yeah. And he did, didn't he? Yeah. He had them for a few more. Yeah, yeah. So that was the kind of the first thing, and then that, and then Roxy Music, and, and, um, and I mean, and the other thing that's embarrassing is that, is that when Brian Eno left Roxy Music, I remember getting stranded and getting the first Brian Eno album yeah. and thinking, well, he's made a big mistake leaving oh, me. I see, right, you know, right. And now, right. you know, Brian now Eno, I you know, right. adore and love and whatever, but at the time I just sort of thought, I don't see. get that at all. Right. And it wasn't until low. You saw what he was up to. Yeah, and although I can also, it's actually, this is all deeply embarrassing, because when I first got low, I just thought, huh? Why is it that, you know? Right. And I can remember... Your first reaction to Low wasn't favourable. It wasn't favourable. Yes. It was like... What is he... Because I, I, I can actually remember... And this is just terrible. I don't know what... I don't know where this comes from. There's always some kind of obsessive thing in me. I can remember when Young Americans came up thinking... Actually, this is weird, having what I just said about all the young dudes. I remember thinking, only four tracks on each side there. He's running out of songs. Right now, and one of them's a cover, and one of them's written... And then the next one, Station Station, only three songs on each side. I see, yeah. And then Low comes out, and it's seven on one, and I think, phew. I think he's all right, he's all right. But then these aren't songs. Terribly literal, isn't it? It is unbelievable. But I can remember thinking like that. It was just a small part of my brain, you know. And then Low, to begin with, I was confused by that. And then suddenly I got it, and then I went back through Barino yes. as well. Yes. And, uh, and then at the same time, all punk was happening, which was, was the other thing. I was just, I was a really, I think I was a good age because in that kind of teenage thing, mm -hmm. when you're really, really into it, I got both the sort of 70s, 72, the glam stuff, mm -hmm. and punk came mm -hmm. in there. So I was a nice. It was spoiled for me, punk. Yeah. 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 Mm. It was sort of spoiled. It was spoiled for me. I was twenty. I was twenty-eight, seventy-seven, mm. and I. I think my taste, sophisticated is the wrong word, mm. but I'd gone through, just gone through yeah. I'd gone through the Mark Bowling and I couldn't, I really couldn't yeah. get excited with someone with his yeah. three chords. No. I mean, I like yeah. some of the Clash stuff, I did. Yeah. But as a movement and everything, I kind of, it was just, yeah. 
Fuck, I don't fart. Yeah. Hello? We're still talking. I'm still talking gents, actually. I just... Come in, Scott. Come in. So, um, right, okay, what should I ask you before we, uh... It's funny how it works, you could, you could prefix in every sense with it's embarrassing, but... And I'm exactly the same, you kind of... Well, I'd sort of it's forgotten. gorgeous, but at the same time it is, you're sort of embarrassed by... Well, I'd sort of forgotten, like, I mean, that mm-hmm. I wouldn't... I mean, that I'd had sort of maybe those three separate thoughts over a five-year period, mm-hmm. I hadn't linked them together. Mm-hmm. But it was, isn't that weird? <laughs> <laughs> to go, only three songs? You're, you're thinking of, like, the numerical mm. power of the record sleeve, where there's only yeah. three as opposed to seven. My thing was, in brackets, beside Rider White Swan, yeah. it says 233, right? Yeah. And for years, my brother and I... We were obsessives, and we thought this was a Mark Bolan, such a mystical visionary. It was an obs- <laughs> and it was an alternative title. So when I, when I met Visconti, I said to him, you know, I've only been in, in, in the car with him for ten minutes. I'm saying, you know, I said, you know, go, we go way back, mm. and mm. I said, you know, two thirty-three. Mm. I said that's. A, I didn't realize the timing. Yeah. And he said, yes, yeah, but it wasn't even that until I looped part of the end of it. He says it was only 157, mm-hmm. and we had to loop something. So mm-hmm. even in those days, they were doing it, but I just thought, yeah. he must get this all the time with people with the most bizarre theories about yeah. what yeah. was being said and what was being done. Well, that's the thing about, um, was it going on low? I don't uh-huh. to, Go on. I think, what in the world? There's, a track, there's, there's one minute 48, and I'm sure probably I must have thought that's a very short song or something. Yes. And, and uh, you know, he said to me, well, Basically, it was we had this. We did the first take and we loved it, and then we screwed up at the end. So we started. We spent the whole day trying to do a better take, and we couldn't. And the end, was, we always just fade it out before the mistake. So you know, so you get like you get sort of one verse, the chorus, and out. You That's know, right. It's, like, it's just like a fragment. Yeah, it's just a fragment because they could never get that last bit right. Which is the alternative. Oh well, let's just sample it and stick it. You know. You know yes. Which is actually nice one. Right? What about subterranean as well? Yeah. The track, you like that? Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's great. I love that track. I think the thing about the, the, the number of songs and all that and not getting mm-hmm. low, it's because these days, you know, I'm sort of spending my time, you know, writing about, you know, Tortoise or Papa M or, or Post Rock and Alteca yes. and stuff that, you know, and it's like, and at some point, I kind of, and it probably was low, I just mm-hmm. opened up to this whole, that actually there was more to music than pop song, you know, yes. well, even though Low is actually great pop song, mm-hmm. yes. yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, that, yeah. That. and it is embarrassing to look back and go, I used to sit there and go, you can't have three songs yes. on it, that's yeah, ridiculous, yeah, yeah. you have six yes. songs on it, you're so dogmatic yeah, in your youth, yeah. Yeah. and it's actually quite useful to hold on to that, remember when you're writing <laughs> for, you know, something like the Sunday Times and you've got four million readers, there's a lot of people out there who have a really, of course, you know, of course. why is he doing that? No, you know, of, of course. Attitude. You, you mustn't quite lose that. No, that's right. And, yeah. and the fact that it fans out, so that when yeah. someone says they like something, that you kind of, the part of you goes, oh, Craggy, you're just into that. Yeah. It's silly because yeah. they will, yeah. they will evolve, you know, not evolve, they will take in other things. And mm. Oh, God. Oh, I know what I should ask you. Um, is, so, Prefab Sprout is now sort of you and your brother, basically. It's, it's basically Martin and myself, yeah, yeah God. And um, Wendy is, um, Wendy has a, a son, and she um, she does a thing called voice movement therapy, which yeah. is much more, um, it's much more sociable than being a, not that we're Bon Jovi or anything, <laughs> <laughs> gives her more time to stay at home. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. thinking of joining a rock group, so she'll have more time to stay at home. No, so, this so she'll be able to travel and spend more so time in hotels. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. 
I'd take loads of drugs and yeah. things. Um, so it's essentially Martin and myself, except you know, there's various honorary members. Like for example, I would never r- rule out if Wendy, mm. you know. But did she just say, oh, I don't do this It just anymore. faded over the years. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't just, just enough of it to be worth doing, kind of, yeah. It was just, I got on with it. Didn't give her much to do on the last record. Mm. And she got, you know, she got a job, mm. or a series of jobs. Mm. And um, I knew she wouldn't, she just had a baby. I knew she wouldn't go on tour. Yeah. Not tour last year. Yeah. And um, I knew she wouldn't go to America. So I kind of just, you know, mm. we sort of still float along there, but really she's she's left. Yeah. But I, I, I hate to ever put a, I ever hate to sort of close doors on things. Mm. And I always think, if I wanted to sing on something, I know she would, yeah. and she would like to do it, but really effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So does that mean that you're thinking of touring? No, I did it last uh, year. Yeah. Once every ten years, yeah. man, that's yeah. enough for me. Yeah. Definitely. Besides, I've trimmed the beard right back. I have to have it back. I have to have it back at Santa Claus proportion before I venture out the door. No plans to do it in the immediate future, as they say. Yeah. yeah. You never had anything to do with the magic of, of the popular experience for me. Do you know what I mean? I know some. I understand that thing of someone who's a transcendent performer and you're sharing the one night with them. But to me, lock me in a room with Phil Spector record or on headphones with Low or some, you know any of a million records. The guilty secret of all music journalists is that we all hate going to gigs. gigs. We all hate gigs. There is nothing there to like. And I think that's the guilty secret of a lot of people in record companies, although they have to manufacture well, the they enthusiasm. Have to do even more than we do. Yeah. yeah. But of course, it's going to blunt your appetite, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure exactly what it is. I mean, you know, the sound is always awful, and the venues are always horrible. And it's like travelling on the tube. You think these people have contempt for me. Yes. They won't yes. even make this place nice, nice because they were, you know, you know and, mm-hmm. and so you have a sort of feeling like mm-hmm. that. And the sound's dreadful, and you do spend the time thinking, oh, I love this song so much, and this is so, this isn't it, you know. Mm-hmm. You know? And then I realise that, the, and, but you see everyone around you enjoying themselves, and you think, well, what am I missing, mm-hmm. you know? And is it because I get given the tickets free? Because so you're just knowing? Yeah. I sometimes think that. I mean, is it because it's free, so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter? And these people have paid money, so they've invested yes, in it, and yeah. they're going to enjoy it. And it's partly, it is partly that, it's partly that kind of cynical thing. And partly I think it's also because it is, what you do forget as a journalist is that going to see a gig, part of it is about seeing a person yes. live. Yeah. Because of course, mm-hmm. well, you know, I'm seeing you here. You, you, know, you talk, you. To, you talk you. to people, yeah. 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 Well, I, you fan doesn't exa- Exactly, and, and it's partly, and a lot of it is just affirmation that they're real and they yes. exist and they're just like me and there they are. It's what Keith Armstrong yeah. would say to me to get me into touring. Everyone yeah. said, look, look, forget all this thing about it, it won't be like the records. Although that, don't say that's never really bothered me. It's yeah. more that I couldn't, just didn't mm. like the idea of it. But mm. forget that it's this, forget that it's that. The person coming to see you, they just, they actually just want to be in the room where you are. Because they they're like your records. Yeah, they, want, they don't want to hear you, they want to see you. Yes. I mean, well, yes. they do want to hear you, but they that's, want to see that's you. it, they want to see you, yeah. that's right. That's what people say, they don't say we're going to, we're going to hear REM, no. we're going to see REM. We're going to see, going to see them, yeah. that's, that's yeah. true, that's absolutely yeah. spot on. Yeah. Is that our man at the door? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Is that okay? Sorry. Is that yeah, okay? that's fine, 